All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 18 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger, Frank Saravalli, and uh, hey, we didn't even know, but it's I guess it's a black hoodie show today. Frank, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, last show before the deadline. Uh, yeah, I got my PWHPA sweatshirt on. Uh Wanted to show my support for women's hockey, and I actually bought this. This was not a freebie. Um, bought this after watching the Dream Gap tour at Madison Square Garden. And it's, you know what's funny? And it's an awesome thing for women's hockey because I bought it, and then I got a note saying, like, we were overwhelmed with the demand. It's going to take us a few weeks to get it to you. And I was like, that's great. That's a good sign. So glad to wear it. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I've got the – this is Jay Percy Page. It's a high school in uh, Edmonton. And uh, I run a foundation called uh, Gregor's Grads, where we supply uh, suits and shirts and shoes and ties for uh, high school grads who can't afford it. That's awesome. And uh, that was, uh, this is our seventh year doing it. And they just sent me this as a thank you for uh, helping out the grads over the years. And I'll be honest, this is like one of my new favorite hoodies. I just got it and I've been wearing it. Uh, like, I love it. It's comfortable and, that, and it's not too big. I hate big baggy stuff. This thing fits perfect. <sighs> Well, when you fluctuate weight like I do, you kind of need them a uh, little bit, a little bit more generous at times. Okay, no, that's fair. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I found if I if I keep it tight, then that forces me to stay tight. So that's. Uh, I wish that was. I wish I had that in my arsenal. No, that's my mindset on that. Well, hey, speaking of tight, uh, here we are. 
It's getting closer and closer to trade deadline. You know, I don't even know what the math is here. Closing in on 72 hours, I guess, uh, by Friday afternoon. So you look at a few teams. We've already seen two trades. The Islanders make the move that we had talked about uh, on Monday's show, Frank, with Paul Mary, and they get it Zajac. Uh, we, we didn't see that coming, but they had him in. The uh, Florida Panthers basically kind of salary dump and give up some prospects to add more cap space. So my question is, Frank, Florida's got all the cap space. Do they have the picks and the prospects to use that cap, like to make it enticing for teams to want to give them players? Well, they're going to try. And I thought Bill Zito was really creative with the trade that he made uh, in moving the Connolly contract. He had been after that for the last few days, trying to free up some cap space and also some real dollar space too. Like that's $7 million in real money that's being moved to Chicago, uh, which is a big deal. Um, and, I, and I think, they're certainly trying. They're a team to watch until Monday. There's no doubt about that. Um, they're looking for a defenseman, but I think they're also potentially looking in the top six. They think they're a team that can go toe-to-toe with the, the teams in their division, Tampa, Carolina. Um, and so they want to be right there in that mix. And, you know, I think the hot rumor that was circulating on Friday after Zito was able to clear that cap space was, can they go after – the two guys in Columbus that are big on our TSN trade bait board. And that would be David Savard at number one and also Nick Felino at number four. Uh, there's no question. Those players would make the Florida Panthers a better team. I just don't know that they have the, the picks that they want to spend and, and the prospects in their arsenal to really make it work. I mean, it's one thing to trade a Borgstrom, for instance, who is lacking confidence, plays out his entry level contract and goes back to Europe and you need to, you know, rejuvenate his career. Stan Bowman believes he can do it and that's great. So you're willing to pay that price in order to move a contract like Connolly, but man, it would have to be a haul to get the number one player on our board and the top defenseman, available in David Savard, but also the leadership and everything else that comes with Nick Felino in one package. And I think that's probably a lazy narrative. And I wouldn't be surprised to think, you know, because of the Zito connection, having worked in Columbus under Yarmo Kekalainen, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him get one of those players. And, and I think the target is Savard. Yeah. And that makes sense, especially with the injury to Ekblad. I watched uh, the, uh, the third period of the Carolina Florida game uh, last night and man, there's not a lot separating those two teams, but I'll say like, we've talked about Florida, but man, I really like Carolina's team. And we had Don Odell on the rundown uh, a few weeks ago and he made it very clear, Frank, and he's been quiet. Haven't heard a lot, but I, I can't sleep on Carolina. Like I think they're even closer than Florida to be pushing Tampa Bay. And I won't be surprised here at all. If, uh, if Don Waddell is a pretty big player in the next few days. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, look, he, he said it on the rundown. You mentioned right shot defenseman, uh, hockey deal, preferably they're looking for someone with term and a depth forward. And so, um, you know, I, I think they've been scouring the league. I think they talked to the Anaheim Ducks about Josh Manson. I think they talked to the Los Angeles Kings about Sean Walker. I don't think either one of those two are going to materialize, but I think those are interesting targets and it gives you an idea into kind of what they're thinking right along the lines of that type of real impact player. And so, you know, then up front, I don't, I can't really quite figure out who fits the bill there. Um, you know, I, I thought there might've been some interest in a guy like Mike Hoffman once he popped up, 
But I think that that's probably, a, a, you know, they were a team that had interest in Hoffman in the offseason, and I think that's probably a no-go at this point. Well, you're speaking of Mike Hoffman, you look at him, and like when he signed in St. Louis, I know everybody's like, oh, he'll fill in for Tarasenko. That'll be great. But like St. Louis has a very specific style that they play. Regardless of what your skill set is as a player, there's a certain style they play. I just mm-hmm. don't think it fits Mike Hoffman at all to be honest. And uh, I'm trust me, like, I know that Mike Hoffman's a shooter. Mike Hoffman's more of an offensive guy. He's not a rugged player. He's not going to get on the four check and, you know, be the first forward in on the four mm-hmm. check very often and be aggressive. That's just not who he is. Like you can, you can ask him to do it and maybe he can try. I just don't think he's successful. And it, it's kind of unique because I think the blues, you know, Bennington said, Hey, we're coming after his 50 uh, save victory the other night. And like, I look at Mike Hoffman as a pure rental for a team that says, hey, if we're looking for a shooter, if you know exactly what you want, there's not many better pure shooters who are going to be available here in the next 72 hours. No, there aren't. But it you have to have the right set of expectations because yes. it's like if you're bringing in Hoffman to try and do any of those other things, you're going to be really disappointed. And that's the one thing that people, you know, kind of knock against Mike Hoffman and his game is like, He's a one-trick pony. He's a he's an elite shooter, but what he does is something that so few other guys can do. That it's a really valuable set of skills, uh, provided that you have the rest of the pieces in your group that can surround him in a way that makes sense for your team. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of wondered about a guy like Mike Hoffman for the Toronto Maple Leafs, for instance, but. He, they're the exact wrong team. Like, you know, they're looking for that position player, but he's not the f- stylistic fit that they're looking for. And you know, what's out, el- you know, what else is interesting Jay about Mike Hoffman's season is that he's such a pure shooter and it's usually on the power play and he's got yes. one power play goal this year. Eight of his nine goals are at even strength. Well, I, you know what? So, that's kind of a positive. And I think his goal numbers are down just because he's not scoring where he usually does. And to me, Mike Hoffman, like we talk about all the great shooters, like Alex Ovechkin's arguably the greatest goal scorer of all time. Mm-hmm. He's also been playing with one of the best passers, right? Like you yeah. look at Patrick Liney's into Columbus right now and Patrick Liney looks lost. They don't have a real passer. That's going to accentuate a player. Like look at Brett Hall's numbers when he played with Adam Oates, Brett mm-hmm. Hall was still a good score away from Oates, but he wasn't clear. He wasn't the same. Right. Like if you can find like an elite, I look at the Edmonton orders who desperately need a top uh, six left winger. Dominic mm-hmm. Cahoon is not a top six left winger in my books. No, no, no way he is. And, you know, I know Ken Holland, they don't have a ton of cap space, but man, I wonder if they can find a way to work. And I know that Mike Hoffman might have some glaring errors, but I love what you said, Frank, he does something that no one else does. Like, so he's a one trick pony, but last I checked, that's a pretty important trick to have. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what drives me a little crazy hearing Craig Berube talk about him and criticize him. Well, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Well, like you're thinking about it in the wrong way. Stop thinking about all the things that he doesn't do and think about the one thing that he does do that no one else on your team can do. And so I think teams get wrapped up his compete level. He doesn't play defense. He's not going to win puck. Stop. Just stop. He's a shooter. He's a pure shooter like that's And that's it. So temper your own expectations. And that's a conversation that a GM needs to have with a coach when he's signing or bringing in a player is like, let's figure out what this guy is. And I think there's certain teams that do a really good job setting those expectations. And it also helps set the expectation in the marketplace as well with your fan base. Oh, without question. And so, you know, you look at those teams, what about the Colorado avalanche? We've talked so much. We all know 
they need a goaltender. Mm-hmm. Like pretty obvious, and not a starting goaltender, but they need a backup goaltender. They need Jonathan Bernier is who they need. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, he, he wasn't great uh, last night against Nashville, but he's been really good for the most part. Do you think though? I look at Colorado, and man, like I watched them here. Though I've watched a lot of their games mm-hmm. the last few weeks. Man, their big guys are really going right now, oh, and I just that team's been a wagon. Yeah, and. Like, I wonder how good they'd be if they had Johnson because my only concern- Eric Johnson? Bit, yeah, Eric Johnson. He's only played four games. He's yeah. probably not going to play from what I've been told. So you look at them, my only slight concern is, may, are they big enough top to the bottom playoffs. on their back end? They right. need, I think, just like, a, just like a look at Zach, Zach Bogosian is not a difference maker in Tampa Bay. But he filled a hole very well mm-hmm. on a good team. And Colorado doesn't need the difference makers. They've got McCarr and they've got, you know, Girard if you want offense. They've got obviously McKinnon and Kadri and Maranton and go mm-hmm. down the list. I just think they need like that. They need a Joel Edmondson, Robert yes. Bortuzzo. Like David um, Savard. Well, he's probably a little elite in terms of exactly what they're looking for. Is he not? Like how and how much ice time would he be getting? Well, I would think he justify like if, the act like the guys that he would be jumping over. Is he jumping over to get, you know, the minutes that would justify the acquisition cost? Yeah. And that's a fair, a fair question. I just look and say, man, if like, you just look at the size of the defense cores that have won Stanley cups the last mm-hmm. few seasons, like Tampa Bay was ginormous and St. Louis was ma- was massive, except for Vince Dunn. He was the only guy who was small and that who could, by the way, be on the move. He's on our trade bait board. Yeah. And I, I wonder, you know, I'm just thinking stylistic fit, like someone that maybe has a little bite, like, um, oh. would a Dmitry Kulikov make any sense there? Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that would be available that could fit that bill. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like you look at Washington, remember when they acquired Kempney? I don't mm-hmm. think any of us thought that Kempney was going to go in there and play as big of a role as he did. And some of the best trade deadline acquisitions oh, of the last 20 years. Oh, that one. And you know, the other one was very good that no one talks about is Michael Hanzus in 2013. He went mm-hmm. in and played a second line center role in Chicago and had like 11 points. In the oh, playoffs. I got your guy, Jamie Alexiak. That's, yeah, well, that's your guy. Perfect. He'd be yeah. perfect. Huge. Like I think Jamie Alexiak, like, you know, teams, Alexiak, you, you talked earlier about Mike Hoffman and you know what his strengths are. Jamie Alexiak is a mountain of a man. He's good defensively. He's a, he's a decent <laughs> skater. And in the playoffs, like a mountain of a man, I see what you did there with the avalanche. Yeah. He covers so much ground. Like if I just think Joe Sackick, like there's only like Colorado's windows open for a few years. Don't get me wrong but they're healthy right now outside of Eric yeah. Johnson. If I think they have to add a defenseman on top of the goalie. So I was also looking at the list, Nikita Zadorov. They had him yeah. in, in Colorado and he's in Chicago now. Um, he's another guy that's on our board that could be on the move. I think Chicago is like, they're a fascinating team because they're willing to do just about anything um, at the deadline. They're willing to eat money. You saw the the Connolly trade. They've got cap space. It's use or lose. Um, and I think, they're also willing to tinker with some of the guys on their roster. Um, you know, there's a couple veteran pieces that you could pluck off um, a Jan Mark, for instance, you know, there's also some, you know, relatively younger guys, a little less experienced. What about like a David camp? Like, I mean, there's a bunch of different guys that I think the Chicago Blackhawks would be willing to talk about if the price was right. 
Uh, well, David Camp's still in the running, Frank, uh, chasing the Tobias Reader record. Uh, I don't think he'll get there this year because uh, they don't play enough games, but uh, still looking for a Geno. Um, I look at other teams like the Winnipeg Jets, mm-hmm. the Toronto Maple Leafs. So you look in the North Division, like Toronto would be the favorite, but I don't think they're like a gargantuan favorite where the other teams think, hey, you know what? We make a move here to... I'm I'm really curious because Shevel Dayoff, like you know, they, they he they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Some years they don't do anything, and then other years mm-hmm. they make a spot. I, what's your read on Winnipeg? Because in my conversations, like I'm like, well, they want a defenseman, but how how des I don't sense that they're desperate enough to overpay right now. Where sometimes a team will overpay. I mean, I don't know about overpay. They are. I I would be like shocked like head sewn to the carpet Tuesday morning shocked if the Winnipeg Jets don't make a move like of some kind of significance on their blue line because you know it may just be that the price is too high for Savard or for one of the big big names but I think they recognize their need and I think they have the assets and ability to do it And I think they're just waiting at this point for the prices to come down. I think they've considered a lot of different options. We reported this week on insider trading that they had asked about Josh Manson in Anaheim. I believe Winnipeg is on Josh Manson's no trade list at the moment, uh, which, you know, as I think Dreger mentioned, you know, on our, on the rundown that unfortunately just happens a lot for Winnipeg. Um, But I would be very, very surprised if they don't do something. And, and I don't say that at all about the Maple Leafs. At this point, the way things are trending, I would be surprised if the Maple Leafs did something big. Yeah, I, I agree with you on big. I still think they want a top nine forward, though. So every team wants la- a top nine forward. Like, like, who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, but like, I th- let's, go to, let's go through our list. We want a top nine forward. We want him to be productive. We want him to fit well with our team. We want his cap hit to be low. And, like, what's next? Like, what, what more do you want from him? Yeah, but the, the only reason I say that is, like, you look, Mikhailov had to play in place of uh, Nylander. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I wonder sometimes a team all of a sudden is like, yeah, okay, you know what? Like, if you're 100% healthy, but we all know, like, it's rare for teams, you know, not to get banged up for even a few games for a, for one of their, you know, decent players in the playoffs sometime. Mm-hmm. Or the guy ends up playing really banged up and isn't that effective. I just, you, you Toronto's another one where, now they, they got a really good team. They got a really good opportunity to win two rounds easy. And then who knows, you know, like right now they, they would finish number one if mm-hmm. we're basing it on regular season standings. So, you know, they would be right there to potentially face the easier of the, the remaining three teams. Right. How easy is that first round yeah. matchup going to be with the Habs? It ain't going to be that easy. No, I actually, I think um, like it, it's funny. Are you starting to, to, are you starting to believe what I was saying about the Habs being such a tough out in the first round? Um, no, because I, I still, I still question their scoring ability. I know they've got depth, but it's rare. What happens that, if they go and yeah. get another forward? It's got to get it. Like they, what well, if they got Mike Hoffman? Well, there's a team that could use him Cause he's a pure. Shooter. I think he's a good fit. And I, I know, and I don't think I know with 100% certainty that they talked to Mike Hoffman in the off season and were yes. very interested and decided to go with the Foley. Now that Gallagher's out and they've got him on LTIR, it's provided breathing room for them to actually make a move. And by the way, 
Bergevin and Doug Armstrong have been trade partners previously and recently. They could make something happen. Jake Allen, um, you know, they took Edmondson, of course. Um, you know, I, I think there's, I think that's a possibility. Like if I'm looking at teams that are interested in Mike Hoffman, I think Montreal, I think Boston, um, you know, I, I don't think he's a fit in Toronto for, you know, the reasons I mentioned and just going back quickly to the Leafs, like it has to be about fit. Like it's not necessarily just about, can we add a, a top six? Like what they're looking for is like a six, seven player. Um, you know, cause then you start to go through the permutations. Like let's, let's think about a guy like Hoffman. Okay. If you were to add him to the mix, you got to put him in the spot that Matthews is in on the power play now. Then you need to move Matthews to the bumper spot. Then you're taking the guy who's in the bumper spot and then sitting him on the bench. And then also taking a player out of your lineup. Is it Joe Thornton? Like, who is it? Not everyone's going to be happy there. And that's, I think, how teams overthink the deadline. They're like, let me add this player. But they don't necessarily consider the ripple effect that comes with it. And I think that's sometimes why trade deadline moves, especially for really good teams that are humming along. You th- you inject this new piece into your mix and it it doesn't work out. Yeah, that's exactly what Don said on the pod that he said, if you're going to make, if you're going to move a big time offensive guy, you're better off to do it earlier than wait later because you only got more time to adapt. Now I want to talk about uh, your, the, the city that you're residing in right now, the Philadelphia Flyers, who I, I think for a lot of people in the organization around the league, they've been somewhat of a disappointment. A lot of people thought the way they played last year in the second somewhat. half of the season, <laughs> that they would be going on the way up. So here they are. They're, they're, I think they should be a seller, but they don't have a ton to sell off other than Lawton. So what do you think they do? Like, do you, I, I know they waved Goss's bear. They didn't get any feelers. He's got, you know, term left, which is the big thing. Is Lawton the only guy or do you see anyone else they could move? I think Lawton's the only guy that makes sense. Um, you know, I think there's still some roster reconstructive surgery to perform, but I think it's got to wait until the off season. Like, you know, uh, I was talking to a couple different people today about, again, the idea of Jack Eichel and would, you know, are the, are the Buffalo Sabres listening hundred percent they're listening and they're getting calls on Jack Eichel before the trade deadline. Nah. I just don't understand the incentive to move him. And this same theory applies oh. to the flyers in this case. Why would you make this decision now? If you know, and play with an incomplete deck, play with a short deck. Because there's so many teams that would like to be in that can't be in right now, cap reasons and otherwise, they can at least shuffle their deck in the summer and get involved. And I I just, as much as you might want to, and it might be tempting, I don't get any, any incentive to do so. And I think the same with the flyers, if you want to make a bigger, different move, if you want to move a connect or if you want to move, you know, someone else that would have value, why would you do it now? Oh, I I agree. Now it's, it's tough unless the team is going to increase the payment because they're getting an extra playoff out of that player. Right. That's, that's the only, they would have to, inc- they got to, they got to add a little, pay bit a of, real premium, pay a hundred percent. And you know, the, the Jack Eichel one to me is very interesting. Um, 
know, it, I, I get, especially nowadays, because if somebody doesn't win or have success early, it's like, oh my God, their career's over. And I'm like, well, we might want to go back and look at Sackick and, and Lemieux and, and when they only had 21 teams in the league and you could almost fall into the playoffs and they still <laughs> didn't make the playoffs. So you're in a soon to be 32 team league. Half the teams aren't making the postseason. Like there's going to be some young players that don't have instant success. That's just the reality of it because most of the top picks are going to crap teams, Frank. And now I think it's just going to get harder. It's going to take time for those teams, especially with the, the changing of the lottery. And now it's down to only two picks and you know, the, the amount you move up. I, I think some teams and organizations and even players might have to readjust to say, you know what? I might just because I'm a number one overall pick doesn't mean that I'm going to go to a bad organization and within two or three years, we're going to be good. Yeah. And I think, it's not so much the shit storm that Jack Eichel has already waded through. It's, it's now what's still ahead because they're obviously destined towards teardown again. Then it's how quickly are we looking at five years before you're like, look at, look at what the Detroit Red Wings are mired in. Like it's going to be a long time before that team is really competitive. I think now, you know, that, that's a tough thing to stare. Like, are we looking at year 11 for Jack Eichel in the NHL before he's like his team's competitive again? Like, yeah, that's a t- like I don't know is- how you stare that down. Yeah. They've got some, like they've got two really good defensemen. Like I really like Darlene and you look at how much better he's played just since they made the coaching change. Well, because they finally have a, a semblance of a system. Like it's, it's really kind of an embarrassing when you watch Buffalo play now compared to how they played even three weeks ago where they're, you know, when players are saying, I don't even know we had a system. I've never talked to an NHL player who's ever said that to me before. Are you saying that you don't think Ralph Kruger is going to get an NHL job again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, Hey, Ralph's a super nice guy, but that doesn't mean he's a good NHL head coach. I don't think he's shown any ability to be an NHL head coach. No. And I'm just like, I I've enjoyed my conversations with Ralph. I think he's a really intelligent guy, but like I have yet to see any proof on the ice in multiple NHL seasons now, why he should get another crack. So if he even wanted one, by the way, speaking of the Sabres, Taylor Hall's sitting out missing games uh, for uh, safety reasons. They've got Miller, you know, they got a few others. Are you expecting a a massive sale out of, out of Buffalo in the next three days? I think they're going to try. Why not? I mean, look, I think the one guy I was really curious about today and I had been making some calls was Linus Allmark. Um, I think, the Toronto Maple Leafs continue to poke around on the goaltending front. We've talked about this for the last few podcasts. And I think the thought process has been to this point, Freddie Anderson's going to be fine. Uh, he'll get back at healthy. Maybe he came back too early last time. And then Jack Campbell has played so well that that one, two punch. And if you need Hutchinson as insurance, great. But I think the problem is with the Leafs. We haven't had any proof that Freddie Anderson's fine. You know, we may think he's trending there, but we haven't seen it. And until that happens, and it probably won't happen, obviously, until after the deadline, then you can't do something that I do think that they've been exploring those options. And I do think Olmark was a guy weeks ago, previously, that they had checked in on. And I believe the Buffalo Sabres are intent on signing Olmark and keeping him in the fold. But here's my issue, and you talked about teardown, is if you are Kevin Adams, as much as you like Linus Olmark, and as well as he's played, he has points in 11 of his 16 games that he started, which is a freaking incredible number for by far the last place team in the league. 
Why are you not selling Linus Olmark and getting assets and then saying, hey, Linus, on July 29th or whatever the date is, I should know the date, you can come back here. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you five times five. Make up a number, whatever it is. And if it's a second round pick, like it's going to be something decent because he, he might be the best goalie available if he is available and he's a pending UFA. Yeah, I, I understand the theory of guys coming. Hey, if we're going to trade this guy, we can resign him. How often does that happen? All of a sudden, let's say if you're Lena Solmark. Who Martin, cares? It, it, like if, if you're afraid, of, if you're scared, you get a dog. But if you, you need assets, your team's not going to be competitive next year. You need second round picks. Don't you need a starting goaltender more? Every team needs a good starting goalie. But there's going to be a ton available. Again, there's going to be a reshuffling with the expansion draft and the number of guys that are available. Yeah. You can pluck a guy from a team and trade for him rather than they lose him for nothing from Seattle. This is going to be another year to get a goalie. Go out and trade for someone. If you're afraid that you're going to lose him, and Don Waddell, another, you know, I have listened, re-listened to that podcast twice. I love what he says about so many teams are worried about what you're going to lose instead of what you're gaining. And for a team that isn't going to be competitive again, if by chance it doesn't work out and he falls in love with the new city he goes to and goes on a run and re-signs there, Go and get someone new, but at least you've got a second round pick in your back pocket or whatever the asset might end up being that it makes sense. Yeah, makes, I think it makes even more sense for Joe Sackick and the Colorado Avalanche. Riddick, Bernier, Olmark. Like, there's plenty of guys that are of quality that you can get this. Yeah. Olmark's deadline. the best. If, if I'm taking my choice, I'm, he's the best of those three. I agree. Yeah, and but but we he's not on our trade bait board because we have no sense that he is available because the Sabres are intent on resigning him. Okay. Let's get to uh, producer Ty now for uh, buy or sell. Yes, buy. buy or sell, as always, guys, brought to you by Jock Market. Uh, hell of an episode so far. I tweeted this out last week. It's like drinking out of a fire hose on these Friday episodes, the amount of info you guys are uh, hitting us with. But uh, jockmarket.com is where you want to go. The promo code is DFO20, whether it's NHL hockey, whether it's Major League Baseball, or whether it's the Masters, which is going on this weekend. Jock Market has you covered trade shares of players in real time with other users. Get rewarded. Show off your smarts a little bit. Number one on buy or sell. Cal Palmieri goes to the Islanders, just like you all kind of predicted in buy or sell with Dreger and LeBron earlier in the week. I think this makes the Islanders legit. I think they will come out of that division and make the conference finals. Frank, are you buying or selling? Selling. I've got the Washington Capitals. I picked them to win the Stanley Cup before the season started, and I'm sticking with them. Oof. You know what? The, the Islanders are... They're kind of like the Rodney Dangerfield of the NHL. I don't think they get much respect, but man, they're so competitive. They're hard to play against. And I think they can win two rounds. So I will buy on the uh, New York Islanders because I just think they can choke the life out of teams come playoff time. And they got there. I mean, I'm taking nothing away from them. They're a good team that got there last year. That's even better now and has the, maybe the best coach in the NHL. I like the Islanders a lot. um, And I, for sure saw them being competitive, but I have to stick to my guns. I think the caps are darn good. And I'm curious to see what they might add on the goalie front, if anything, before the deadline. Hey, they're, they're two young goalies are playing great. And you yeah. know what? Like 
Ovechkin's probably my favorite player to watch for the last however many years he's been in the league. I love goal scorers. And, and I love that Ovi was like a power forward who didn't fight, but he'd run guys over early in his career. It's phenomenal. So, hey, if the Caps go, like a Caps Islanders, if, if that's the, uh, the East final, sign me up. The Tampa Bay Lightning. You talked about the other two teams at the top of that division and how they might be active at the deadline. I'm going to say the Lightning will make a surprise addition before Monday's deadline. Gregor, you buying or selling? Gosh, I've looked at their cap space and I know Frank threw this out uh, a few weeks ago and now just, I've been figuring it out, uh, trying to play capologist and can they fit someone in and those teams, it doesn't surprise me, but I'm going to say I'm, I'm selling because I think they do. Well, do we include Kucherov? Cause if I can include Kucherov, you cannot include that. Then I'm selling. I I don't, I just, I find it hard to do. They are buying. I'm buying. They're buying. They are adding a defenseman before Monday at 3 p.m. Don't know how big, how splashy, but they're they're in on David Savard. They might get David Savard. So, um, all right. They're they're gonna try everything they can. Frank bringing the heat. Number three, uh, coming up north here to Edmonton. You touched on, you know, Gregor, you, you hinted Hoffman Oilers. Maybe I'm going to say the prices will drop and Ken Holland will acquire a scoring left winger before the deadline. Frank, you buying or selling selling. I think they they're going to keep an eye on prices. Ken Holland's been around the game forever. He talks to everyone. He's well-respected. They're going to try, but I don't think the prices are going to fall that far to the point where the Oilers are comfortable. I think he is going to add a forward. Is it going to be someone we we consider like a legit second line left winger? That's hard. But here's the thing: they don't need to add a legit a legit second line winner. They just need to add a left winger, Frank. And right now, I think that second line left wing spot is is like a it's the Grand Canyon of opportunities for anybody who's got some skill. If they add a winger, what they need is a winger with size because right now it's basically you got Papa Smurf and you got. Uh, brainy smurf and you got every easy, smurf easy, easy. who's on the on the wing no it's true they're too small you got Cahoon, you got yamamoto you got ennis you cannot go in the playoffs. that is offensive with small guys what's wrong with the smurfs <laughs> they're blue like what like why like, well that's not the point they're small <laughs> i just i just watched the movie the smurfs with my uh, nothing offensive about the Smurfs. Frank's takeaway uh, is that the Oilers have too many blue forwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like I, it's not the Blue Man group we're talking about. I'm just, it was a, I think most people, tiny. when they see Smurfs, they think of small, not blue. <laughs> I, I, I know where you were heading. I was just, <laughs> I had to point out that they were blue. Um, I, I, who is it? Who's the guy? Like, who's well, the guy? The thing. Like they don't, there's no, tell me who it is. And then we'll talk about acquisition. Ryan class. Zingle. I'll tell you this. No, I don't think anyone is calling on Ryan Zingle. Why can't Ken Holland? I like to this point, I think it's been extremely mm-hmm. quiet on Ryan Zingle. Does he yeah. fit the bill for you? No, no, not at all. So he doesn't move your needle. No, not, not he, he's, he's kind of, he, he's very similar to what they have a lot of. And they, what they need is tell me, tell me who the guy is. Well, I was looking, there's, there's not really, you you know, who actually would help their team a lot. And I like him is, and, and I think Frank, um, the Dallas stars, I know you, you you mean holding on to the stars and, Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're still seven back with three games in hand now on, uh, on Nashville. But I look at, uh, you know, I look at Dallas, they've got, Alexiak Cogliano is fast, but he's not, he's not big enough. 
really. There's there's not teams like Detroit. I looked at their lineup. They don't have anyone. There's very few guys like it. The one guy. Blake uh, Como? The, yeah, Blake Como, he was the best. He's 6'1". The, the other guy who, who might make sense because you could then move someone else outside because that would help them, but he's way too expensive. And now because of COVID, I'm not even sure they're going to trade anybody. Mm-hmm. But Brandon Sutter, I thought, might have actually been an okay acquisition. I know he's a center, but mm. you. I mentioned of, him on Insider Trading connected to the Oilers. There's lots mm. of centers who can play wing in the playoffs. Mm. I, he doesn't make sense. He's too. His cap hits. His way cap too hits. High. Yeah, they, that's they need difficult. a two million. They they can they can absorb a guy with two million dollar cap hit because they would you know they would give it an asset and just like they made the trade with Mike Green last year where they included Sam Gagne to make the numbers work, they would send back one of their forwards with a million dollar cap hit to figure what out. What do you think about Scott Lawton? He doesn't Wait. have size, but he plays with bite. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Um, I, I guess he's found term- a little bit of a scoring touch. Like he, he actually has put his game together and I've obviously had a front row seat to watch him up close. That's a guy that learned how to play in the NHL, really talented junior player, first round pick, came into the NHL at 18 and then had to figure out the game from a whole different perspective from a role that he never played before. And he's played it almost as well as anyone in the league. I'll ask you this, Frank, because it's a great description. I've had numerous coaches explain to players. They call them quiet players where, you know, in the playoffs, if you have too many quiet players, Mm -hmm. it's tough. Is Scott Lawton, I don't watch the Flyers enough. Is he a quiet player in his style as far as, you know, being assertive, aggressive? Does he have that? He's aggressive. No, he's well, definitely then, aggressive. Then size doesn't matter if you, because there's lots of small guys that are aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. But the orders have a lot of smaller players who I would say have more quiet games. They're skilled, but they just have, it's like anything. If you had all bunch of big guys who couldn't skate, that's not good. If you mm-hmm. have all a bunch of small skilled guys, too much of anything doesn't work in the NHL playoffs. He's on track for 40 points over an 82 game season. Like not a producer and score more of a grinder though. And I don't think that's what the Oilers need. Is it right now? Honestly, in their, I mean, obviously they have the scoring help, but it's, does he fit stylistically? You look at, I I think the the best example is a guy who's now won two Stanley cups. Patrick Maroon is, is a big body. Who's kind of a grinder. When you put him with skilled players, he did it in Anaheim for short stints. He, he was like a couple years too early in Edmonton. Yeah. Hey, but but you yeah. got him for nothing, right? Like Scott Lawton, mm-hmm. you probably got to pay a little bit too much. That's for. that's that's the problem is Scott Lawton's going to be really expensive. Yeah. yeah. I like that we just workshopped a what, whole yeah, what trade scenario. What a meandering, there. like... <laughs> we went down see, a yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah. All right. So uh, next buy, up. Are you buying or selling, Frank? I'm selling. I think the Oilers are... They're, they're going for whatever they can get for that fourth round pick, whatever prices drop to. That's, that's what I think. I mean, Ken Holland surprised the heck out of us last year, but I think it ended up burning him. Interesting. Uh, we've talked about Mike Hoffman a few times now, also hearing Tyler Bozak, who's been on the TSN trade bait board, I believe, Frank, I'm going to say both of them are gone out of St. Louis by the deadline. Frank, you buying or selling? Selling. I think one of them will be. And I think some teams are curious about Jaden Schwartz, another UFA. I think some teams have asked, my, the sense that I've gotten in calling around is that the St. Louis Blues haven't brought Jaden Schwartz up yet. Not saying it's a no, obviously it's possible, but I think the price would be higher for Schwartz. But I do, I would be, 
I would be surprised at this point if Hoffman doesn't go. And, and I also wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that the blues sell and buy. I think they've mm. been kicking tires on a couple guys. And I wonder if they're in on Taylor hall that could, you know, unload Hoffman, bring in hall, you know, obviously you'd have to make the money work and whatever else, but I think that's a possibility. And I know that an, at least one team in the East has been talking to them about Vince Dunn. Interesting. I, you know what, Frank, it's, it's funny because uh, I had a lengthy conversation with someone in St. Louis today who's really connected to that team. And, and he basically described exactly what you said. He feels that the blues, like the, you got to remember, they're not far removed from me to Stanley cups champion. Like they've got a lot of pedigree. And I know they've really revamped their blue line, obviously with no Edmondson and no Petrangelo and Jay Bomeister retired. So it looks very different, but mm -hmm. they're still very confident with a lot of their core guys there. And so mm -hmm. they just feel that they got to move around some pieces on the chessboard. So um, yeah, this isn't a teardown. This is just uh, we're yeah. trying to reload as quickly as we can. Yeah. They feel that they have like Jaden Schwartz to me is a fascinating player. Like, cause he's been a pretty consistent guy. He's got two yeah. goals this year, two goals. So he's really struggled. He's a really, I don't know how well you know him. I have so much time and respect for Jaden Schwartz and his dad passed away really suddenly before the season started. And I can't imagine that that yeah. hasn't affected him. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast, but I've talked about it on others. I wrote a story with his dad um, in the Stanley cup final, actually, he met me in the lobby of my hotel, like amazing guy. He walked over and I wanted to write a story about Jaden Schwartz's sister who died of cancer. And it was like an emotional, heartbreaking interview, like salt of the earth, Saskatchewan guy. Um, and it was like one of my favorite stories that I've written in my career at TSN. And then he ends up passing away really suddenly before this season started. And I, I like stuff like that has to just hurt. Oh, hey, I can, as a young man who lost his father, I can tell you for sure, especially when it comes out of the blue, it can be gut wrenching mm -hmm. and uh, everybody reacts to it differently. So I, I could easily, even though you try not to think about it, it just, mm -hmm. it, it's not like he's thinking about it when he's standing at a face off or anything. No, like but that. like, it just affects every part so of your life. hundred percent it does. And it, you know, your, your confidence changes, especially because him and his dad were close. So if that's the guy that you're just used to talking to after your games, dads say things that some dads are just great at, at just always, Hey son, you're doing great. Don't worry about it. Keep your spirits up. And, and some dads know their kid maybe needs a, a kick in the rear end at times. And so when suddenly that's gone, that's an element that's hard to, to really describe where that void is, where you just look at your phone and you're thinking that you're waiting for the text or the call and it never comes and yeah. you're so used to it. So Rick Schwartz, one of the ultimate hockey dads, just wanted to give him a shout out. Um, thinking of the Schwartz family and I have been all year. I am, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm actually going to buy okay. Tyler because I think the blues, um, the, it, it's going to take a lot of finagling, but I just, I sense that organization feels like their window's still wide open and they're going to, they want to readjust with some of the good pieces they have. The last one, Frank, you had your calculator out to do some Scott Lawton math. I don't know if you'll need it for this one, but yesterday we saw the rare five player trade go down between Florida and Chicago. I will say that is the most players we see in a trade before the deadline five is the cap jason you buying or selling like in one transaction in one transaction we saw oh. five today will we see five again i'm saying we won't so there's the buyer yeah, well that there's a lot of prospects in there um one trade yeah the only one is is frank talked about florida and columbus and uh, you know might have going for both the columbus guys and if you do that then you're gonna have to give a lot back mm -hmm. um Especially when you don't want to give up picks. Yeah. 
so, but I'm still, I'm still got, I got it. I got to sell like five is just a lot because you know, it's rare to, you know, have that many NHL players going. So how many prospects can you give up? So no, I'll yeah. sell. Frank. I'm going to sell, but I'm just trying to think of the players on our board that could generate a lot. Taylor Hall might be able to, um, I'm going to sell. I, I think it's hard to do. Fair enough. Uh, last one. It's a bonus one. Frank, who you got winning the masters. Ooh, I want Tony Finau to win. I am such a big Tony. He's Finau a lovable fan. guy. He is. And, um, still grossed out by that ankle that turn that he had terrible. at the masters on a Wednesday, a couple years ago. <laughs> and, um, I just want him to get a win like this, his story and what he's been through and what he's accomplished is amazing guy. And I'd, I'd like to see that Jason. Well, the easy pick, of course, is Rose, because I don't know anybody who follows golf. Did you see him from hole eight to 17? Lights that out. That guy was, it was nine under. It was just ridiculous. Um, he looked like in his own, you saw his post-round uh, post interview, like just relaxed. And I know that it's hard that's to go wide. That's cheap. Come on, that's a cheap pick. You can't I, pick the runaway <laughs> round one leader. Well, how often does the guy go, does, uh, go start to finish? But he's got a, what is it? A five shot lead? Five, no, four, four or five. No. Yeah. Okay. Four, four stroke lead. But, okay. Uh, okay. Well, uh, take a little deeper. Come on. Then we'll see the, okay. I'll go John Rom. John Ram. Sorry. I don't mind that. I don't mind a little Rombo. I'm going uh, Justin Thomas. He's my boy. He needs a hell of a comeback in the final three days. I probably doubt he can do it, but I'm going to be supporting him. That's what about, a, what about your favorite guy, Patrick Reed? <laughs> he's nobody's favorite guy yeah, and uh i was gonna say <laughs> jock mkt though i bet you with a guy like jt Rose? oh jt his, yeah his stock would be low if you wanted to buy low you could potentially have a little value there jason i have buddies who bet on patrick reed because they hate watching him win so much that they're like i'm gonna bet on him so in case he does i'm not miserable watching the entire tournament think about <laughs> an athlete right now in sports is there an athlete that where because it's rare to have a pretty close to majority of fans agreeing on on a topic, right? Yeah. Like you can't get fans to agree who's the best player in the league. Everybody will debate on it, right? Um, you know, you look at Patrick Reed. He it's like almost <laughs> unanimous. I I can't recall a player who's been that vilified and despised by lots of golf fans. Whether you're a diehard golf fan or you're just Matt Kuchar was in there fan. for a while too. Like it's, and you know what? I think villains are great for sports. Oh, so yeah. I hope Patrick Reed is in the running on Sunday because what happens then is people are, are want, you know how it is. You, you watch, you the guy are, you lose. Gregor, you love being the heel. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, you know, what's funny. Like fun. I did like, I liked a few of the heels in, uh, in wrestling all the time. It was fantastic. Of course you did. Yeah. Like Hulk, like I actually liked Hulk Hogan better when he became the heel. Well, there you go. Wrong with you. <laughs> There's buy or sell for Jock Marker. Remember that promo code is DFO20. It gets you a $20 deposit bonus. Are you a By the way, fan? Tyler said, I'm not a wrestling fan, but Tyler said drinking from a fire hose. That is going to be me with Tito's on Monday night after we wrap our podcast following the deadline. Might yes, even that, be me during the pod. Remind everyone that our podcast uh, Monday will be coming. Um, we're not going to do it in the morning because a, a lot of the trade's going on. So we'll be having it uh, right after uh, our, our show. So it'll be coming out uh, early Monday evening to recap. And not only talk about the trades, Frank, but there's always a few that came close that didn't come to fruition. And um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's always interesting to hear, you know, ah, we thought this guy was going to go mm -hmm. and then he didn't go. So I'll, I'll leave you with this. 
Is there one player on your board who you're confident you're like, ah, this guy's getting moved, but come Monday night, we'll be like, damn, he didn't get traded. Hmm. One guy. Damn, he didn't get traded. I would say that would be Nick Felino. He's pretty high on our board, number four. He's been there for a long time. I think if the right deal comes along that the Blue Jackets are going to move him, but I think that they're asking so much because of all the intangibles that they bring as their sort of spiritual leader, the guy that's gone to war with that group with torts and, you know, all the other things that he provides that the, that makes the asking price high and teams maybe aren't willing to pay that. I thought the Islanders, if Palmieri, they didn't get Palmieri, that would have been their guy. And now I don't know who's going to pay the premium to get him. Fair. I think Montour is the guy who's not going to get traded. Okay. I could, I mean, anyone in Buffalo, I could see the stink just wafting to the point where teams are like, I don't know what this guy's worth and I'm not willing to give up a lot to get him. Yeah. Well, Frank, we look forward to it. Uh, we'll be discussing it after the, uh, the, the trade deadline on Monday. Have yourself a, a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the masters. And uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight cold 
hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.